Welcome to Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. This is fourth edition. <laughs> this is not fourth edition. <laughs> You're a liar. It's a, no, okay. Four E for life. We're doing O D and D. Oh no, we're not. Hello and welcome to Make Believe Heroes, the podcast that we do, which is an actual play, 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons adventure, not 4th edition, although hey, respect to 4E, you know what I'm saying? Respect, nah. No one likes it. Alan. A lot of good respect. news from 4. Just kidding. Man. I respect it. I respect it. I don't want to go back to it necessarily, No, I respect it. Put some it. respect it's... on its name. I want to go back to OD&D. <laughs> no, you don't. No, I don't. <laughs> But we're doing great. No. We're doing if great. If it weren't for 4E, I mean, none of us would be here. We would all be dead if it, if it weren't for 4E. I cut my teeth on 4E in the movies. No. No. I still have a good fourth edition no. character sheet I could use right now. I probably got some too. I have several. Let's level do like this. 20 or something. Bring back Gerben. But this is a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons adventure set in the world of Manumi. Yeah. In which I, Paul. I'm your dungeon master, and just like every week when you tune in to this ridiculous show, mm -hmm. I'm joined by four of my pals. Hey guys, it's Jeremy. I play Lorik Darkbolt. I am Jeffrey's son. Okay. <laughs> this is Al busy into his house, and I play Jimalil Cart. <laughs> I'm Jeffrey, and I play Servants Off the Wall. Yes. Crikey, my name's Red, and I play Kellen. That's offensive. I'm offended. <laughs> That's offensive. <laughs> I'm so offended. I'm I'm leaving this. We're moving on. <laughs> Otherwise, we're never going to get to play Dungeons & Dragons, which is the whole reason we're here. Yes. And is hopefully it? you're here to hear us play Dungeons & Dragons. Here, here. I'm not. They're here for the bear. Listen, we're laughing a lot, but this is a pretty bleak time. Yeah, things are about to get real. They call this gallows humor. <laughs> yeah, gallows Everyone humor. Everyone is about to die. Uh, Hopefully not everyone. Probably just Jim. Maybe. Unless he turncoats. Jim. Kellen's not going to live through this. Jim is out like a light. Maybe just Guy. He better not. He better not. So before we get into it, I should commence with the rolling of the D20. Ah! It was almost a nat 20. Oh, good. But Instead, it, it was a 19. Man. I call reroll. There are no rerolls. I'm so glad it's a 19, not a 20. See, the way that this giant uh, D20 is set up is actually different from most D20s. The 20 is right next to the 19. It's not and usually it like that. it spirals down. It rocked on that 20 and then just flumped over on the 19. It was, it was close. It twitched. So for some context, last time on Make Believe Heroes, our party made their final push for the canopy. Their time on the road seemed to go smoothly for the most part, although they were occasionally haunted once again by these unexplicable horrific nightmares, as if some great force of malice was reaching out from a distance to disrupt their quest. Mm -hmm. But as the group drew nigh to the canopy, Sir Vance was gifted a harrowing vision or warning, assumedly from Paylor, something is coming. 
we ended last week as the five of you and Charlie dashed through the forest in a race to escape the approaching darkness from the east, some unseeable and unknowable entity that seemingly seeks to destroy you. Yeah, I'm terrified. Thanks. I don't know if I should be excited about that or if that's a serious problem. But Both. I, I, I don't think we're all going to make it out of this. We're not. It's going to depend. I hope you're ready. So when we ended last time, the last person to take an action, I believe, was Sir Vance. Is that correct? Um, I can't say for sure. I wasn't there. Pretty sure. Pretty sure Sir Vance picked up Jim and ran. Right. I think and that's the last thing that happened. So we are still in an initiative order during this skills challenge. Currently, here's the scene. You all are running as fast as you can through the darkness, although you have to believe that dawn has to be soon approaching. You're running through the dim light of Fallen Grove with the sound of some massive evil creature crashing through the forest behind you. Jim reached out with his mind and tried to speak to this thing to try and ascertain something or tell it something and when he did it it overwhelmed him and Jim fell unconscious. Jim was going to try to intimidate it actually. <laughs> it backfired. It did not work. <laughs> it did not work. No. Uh, I believe the way it was described I said that it was its mind was like an ocean. It was so overwhelming. You've been watching Arakawa Under the Bridge, haven't you? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Is that where you got that from? I'll give you nightmares. So, anyway, as Jim fell unconscious, Vance runs back, grabs him, picks him up, and runs with the knowledge that if they don't get away, they're doomed, that they can't stop this thing. It's outside of their power. So, in the initiative order, with all of you running, Guy imbued with still the abilities from the Longstrider spell, Kellen, you and Charlie in the front next to Guy, it is your turn. Mommy, I'm scared. Please help me. Mommy, please, please, mommy. G -g Guys, hurry, go. We, we, uh, 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 and Kellen is going to try and use a cantrip poison spray, and he's going to use it at the roots of trees to see if it would make them fall over. Possibly. What kind of cantrip are you talking about? Poison spray. You want to use poison spray to to I knock a like tree over. I was thinking that it was. <laughs> I was thinking acid, all right? I was thinking. Yeah, that's not the same thing. Okay, cool. It might whatever. make the tree sick, but it's not going to knock it over. Aww. The poor trees. Good, good try, man. Good try. I tried. I don't, I don't know what to do. Don't die. Um, the best thing that I could come up with right now is I'm going to use yes. the long strider again. Okay, on who? I didn't really want to because he said he didn't need no help, but. Can I jump down there and use Long Strider on Sir Vance? Sure. He is carrying that's, Jim, so that might help him. That's what I wanted to. Even though you okay. said you don't need help, Sir Vance, I'm going to jump down and kind of slow down and use Long Strider on him. Okay. You use it on him, and now he is making much quicker time. Yes. Now it's Guy's turn. Guy's running along. He's right up next to you guys. He is going to reach over to you, Kellen, and say, Kellen, give me your bow. Okay. I'm going to... You hand him your bow. I throw it. Yeah. He's right up next to you. You just hand it over to him. You hand him a bow. You hand him an arrow. And he is actually going to, while running backwards, because of his long strider, I'm just imagining that he's moving very quickly. Do it. He is going to try and loose an arrow at this creature coming from behind. Because if you all recall, last time 
Servance did see two glowing eyes and a sharp-toothed maw. Wow, he rolled really well. So he's going to fire an arrow right toward those eyes. When he does, if any of you were to glance back, you see the arrow disappear into the darkness, and then you hear a rumbling growl come from it. That didn't seem to have a lot of effect. No, you you kind of ticked it off even more. It's It seems like maybe arrows don't work. Yeah, I don't think so. It's a gigantic beast. Um, let's just keep running. Lorik. Oh, Paul. Can I do what I want to do? You can try. Oh. This could be so bad, though. How close am I to Kellen? Oh, gosh. I mean, within 15 feet. Lorik's gonna... He's gonna run, and he's gonna turn his eyes to Kellen, and... He's going to suggest, uh, Helen, send Charlie back to hold it off. Are you being real? Uh, no. Um, are you being dead serious? I'm, I'm using suggestion, and I'm suggesting that you send Charlie to hold it back. The problem with using suggestion is that if you're if you're trying to ask a creature to stab itself throw itself onto a spear immolate itself or do something other that's obviously harmful it ends the spell harmful or do some other obviously harmful act ends the spell right so i feel like trying to suggest magically for any of these people that are running to run back toward the thing that seems to be ripping the trees up by the roots mm -hmm. is obviously harmful okay so if, uh, if I don't ask that, if I just ask for, if I suggest Charlie climb the nearest tree or for Kellen to climb the nearest tree. I still think that would be obviously harmful because it's obviously going to end in harm the moment that thing catches them. Hmm. Well, that's why I thought the loophole would be asking Kellen to get Charlie to do it because then it's not harmful to Kellen. So the spell is telling Kellen, why don't you tell Charlie to go back? Okay. What do I gotta make? It's a wisdom 15 save. You said wisdom save? Yep. I met a 15. Exactly. On the dice, I got a 12. And I have a plus 3 to wisdom save. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you make me sick to my stomach right now. I mean, I understand. Jeez. That's so... Why? Why would you, I understand he can come back, but still, like... That's because he can come back. That's not cool. Yeah. That's not cool at all. I feel like, though, like, Lark, Lark doesn't get humanity. And by humanity, I don't just mean humans. Like, he's kind of a robot. I understand, yeah. In a way. But in another way, this is the sort of thing that would have been... That a normal person would have been like, Kellen... You should just, you know, just send Charlie back. You can bring him back if something happens. Or maybe even ask Charlie if he's willing to do that. You know what I mean? But a person like Lorik, who is not at a firm grasp with the way that real people work, instead he opts to try and magically manipulate his friends to make them do those sorts of things. Neutral good. He's neutral. Oh That's gosh. not neutral good. Is that neutral no, evil? That is not neutral good. That is maybe his neutral evil. Maybe his that uh, is terrible. His alignment hmm. shifted a little bit. 
yeah, toward evil on this holy quest. I mean, I'd call that true neutral. I would call that more like true neutral, yeah. Part of the problem is it's Lorik's played by Jeremy. Yes, but still. Okay, well, Kellen, here's the thing. You in no way feel... Yeah, in in character, I don't know know what just happened. No, here's the thing. You don't understand that he, like, magically tried to make you do that, but you understand that he just asked you to do that. Lorik? Are you... Have you lost your mind? Keep running. Kellen, he, he, he can come back to life. Shut up and keep running. I'm, Just keep running. I'm trying to keep you alive. By the way, I mean, you pop back into visibility. Yeah. Because you cast a spell, right? Yep. I was about to ask, am I talking to just the wind? No. You, that invisibility ends gone. immediately if you cast a spell, I right? am visible, yes. Okay. So, you pop back into visibility. And continue running. Just because I can bring him back doesn't mean he won't feel that. We should ask Charlie what he feels. Jim, it's your turn. What do I do? Anything? Go ahead and make me a constitution saving throw, Jim. Is that the one where I roll a d20 and add con? Yep. Along with possibly even your proficiency, if you happen to be proficient. I rolled a nat 20, so I got a 23. Oh, yeah. Oh, darn. Wow. You you immediately snap awake, and you (laughs) are... I assume thrown over Cervantes' shoulder? Yes, yeah. and whenever I wake up, I want to scream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? That is literally the worst. <laughs> uh, we don't know what happened. <laughs> what did you do? I tried to intimidate it. Um, that wasn't my smartest thing, but <laughs> I thought maybe my patron would would scare it away. Are you sure it's not your patron? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Jim, looking up from hanging over Vance's back, you can see the darkness has closed in on you all. It's probably, if if you were 15 feet back, you would be in the darkness. I attack the darkness. You hear a low rumbling growl, and you spot two green glowing eyes from up above you, near the tops of the trees. I say... Uh uh-uh. uh, and then you can take an action. I will hop off of no. I'll I'll keep going on his back. Okay. And I will, I will cast. Shoot it with something with a magic something. That's what I'm thinking. I'm never gonna give you up. I'm gonna cast magic missile. No, I'm gonna shoot an eldritch blast at it. I'm just like do it. Warlock time. Do it. I'm gonna roll my twenty sided dice. Yes. And I roll, including the modifiers, mm-hmm. an 11. Okay. Impressive. You hit a tree. But the tree falls down and bonks it on the head and it dies. The tree does not fall down. You just see some bark fly off of it. Oh. And you hear a low rumbling chuckle. <laughs> oh, the tree goodness. falls off and starts rolling, and then we put the boat on top of it. Yeah. Servants. It's a time to fly the boat, fellas. We fly through the air. Servants. Servants. Make me a dexterity saving throw. Servants lies down. <laughs> Make me a dexterity saving throw. That's a natural 20. Oh, wow. So, Servants, you speaking with Jim and you hear the sound of an eldritch blast fire off from his palms from behind Phew. you. You glance back to see it miss and hit a tree. And at that moment, these long, dark tendrils come flying out from the darkness behind you and swipe at you. Uh. 
and you basically do like a vaulting jump, and it swipes right underneath your legs. Feel free to take an action. Was that an appendage? He did like a jump, and it swiped right under his legs and missed him. So I saw it coming. Yes, that's why I, that's that was part of the. Yes. Okay. And I got a natural 20, huh? I mean, if you want to try and attack that as it swings at you, that's fine. I do. Okay. So you want to draw your Odachi and do that? I want to attack the darkness. Okay. (laughs) As you jump, you want to twirl in the air and swipe at it? Yes. That's exactly what I was thinking. Roll me an attack roll with advantage. Oh. That is a 16. (laughs) I'll say that's enough. As it comes lunging at you, you do a jumping spin and you swipe your Odachi down across the ground. And as you do, it cuts through this shadowy substance. And you hear a screeching squeal come from behind you and it it hurts your ears. All five of you reach up and grab your ears as you're running and and wince in pain. But Vance, as as you land and keep running, you notice that the part of the tendril that you slashed it separates and hits the ground, and it starts bubbling in terms of this black, goopy-looking substance. Ew. What did the flesh look like? Ooh. That was what you... That's it. Black, goopy. That's all you gotcha. saw. Black and goopy. Okay. At this point, all of you are running, and you will all notice that your speed is starting to pick up as you're heading on sort of a downhill inclination. Uh-huh. And, Kellen, you would know that this turning down is leading you all right into the canopy. You know that as you approach the canopy, the ground begins to decline, and it leads down into essentially a large valley that the canopy is set in. Guys, we're almost there. Just keep running. We're so close now. The forest around you is starting to illuminate a bit more as you can sense that it's approaching dawn. And the air is starting to take on that glowing sort of quality, you know what I mean? It's like when you go outside and you can't see the sun, it hasn't crested the horizon yet, but the entire air outside has started to light up a little bit, if that makes sense, the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day. Kellen. Yes. Running forward far ahead of you, you guys are pushing full peel toward the canopy. This thing is behind you and it is it is more now than it has been before. You can hear it growling and you hear the trees crashing and you feel the wind blowing you forward and your heart is up in your throat. You see far up above you through the forest what looks like a sort of membrane. Insane in the brain. That's that's the best way to describe it. It looks like an ethereal membrane, like a force field almost far up ahead of you. I was thinking like Metroid. Mm, No, no. No, it's not that. You got... You don't have the right blaster for this one yet. you got to go back. So you see up ahead of you this membrane cutting through the forest. It's probably 100 feet, maybe even 200 feet ahead of you as you all are running down. And you can tell it's basically where you all would be entering into the canopy. Oh, boy. You all have one round in which to reach the canopy. <sighs> Whose turn is it? It's Kellen's turn. Do it, Kellen. Save the tree. I hate you. I hate Do you. it. Do it, Kellen. Kellen is going to reach in. He's not sure how he did it last time, but he's going to try and cast Speak with Animals. Oh, poop. You cast it. Charlie? Oh. Yes, Kellen. 
I don't know if we're going to make it. <laughs> the situation does seem quite dire, I have to admit. And I'd hate to ask you, since I've asked you of so much, and it's usually me that causes you pain, but... Would you be willing to fight it off? So we could make it? I'm not sure I understand, Kellen. What is it that you're asking me to do? I'm saying, would you be willing to turn back and fight off that monster for just enough time so we can make it across the barrier? And then I could you bring- You really think that you and I can stop this thing? <laughs> I really don't. But I was just going to say you. And though, I hate to ask you this, but... I understand, Kellen. <laughs> For you, Kellen, I'll do this. It's okay. You all just run. Okay, Charlie. And Charlie, he does a little quick stop and spin and as he does he rolls you off his shoulders and charging and roaring at the top of his lungs I mean you've never seen Charlie look bigger or sound scarier as he runs toward this thing and his fur starts to glow with this orange radiance as he just barreling plows right into the darkness and right as he's coming into it you see these long pointed claws come out and grab his fur and he just roaring he turns he's biting onto one he's slashing onto the other one and he's lifted up off the ground as you guys are running full speed down the hill and you see as this wicked maul comes reaching out of the darkness and Charlie goes quiet for just a moment Kellen and you hear him say I'll see you on the other side I'll see you again as it bites down and rips him in half. When it plowed into him with that magic, whatever it was, that sort of glowing essence, it, it paused. And that's enough. You all run down the hill as fast as you can. You're just yelling, and you hear the sounds of this conflict going behind you right before Charlie goes silent. And this thing swoops down unnaturally fast tendrils are flying out from the darkness and clawing at you with these long wicked palms and fingers and you all are just pushing yourselves as hard as you can barreling down this hill and you see this membrane rushing toward it you don't know if it's going to stop you what it is it right as you're about to run into it you all close your eyes and then you barrel through and you trip rolling down this hill and you hear this sound it's it's not like a thump it's more like a like a vibration and you look back and this darkness it's hitting that membrane and spreading around, and you can see now that it heads out almost endlessly, seeming from where you are in, in both directions. It just pours against it like water. What is that thing? Oh my gosh, Charlie! Oh, my spell must have worked. Oh, oh my gosh! You see this blackness just pouring against it, and it's spreading out farther and farther and spreading upward. And as far as you can see, it's like you're inside some sort of dome, and as it spreads farther and farther and thinner across it you see high up above you two glowing green eyes I, I, I think we need to I think I, I think we need to find the, the arch druid like yesterday you see a sharp toothed grin and then it 
dissipates. Now flip it off before it leaves. Yeah, me too. Is that possible? <laughs> You're all just standing there flipping it off. No, not Jim. He's like, oh man, that was crazy. I've never even heard of something like that. Let me. I hope we get a hotel tonight or a inn tonight. I gotta, I gotta take some notes. Hotel. Kellen is like <laughs> clenching his fist. Red roof inn. And is like extremely tense. And how close is he from Lorik? Uh, you all are pretty close together. Okay, I want to hit him as hard as possible. Okay. I don't care if it's in the face or if it's in the chest. You walk over and you just punch Lorik. Uh, you dirtbag, listen. What is that for? Stop manipulating me. Mani- what? What are you talking just about? Just because I don't know what you think this is, but I'm not your puppet, and neither was Charlie. I didn't, I didn't puppet Charlie. I'm just telling you, all right? We're supposed to be friends, and you treat me like I'm some second-hand servant to do whatever you want. Charlie gave his life so we could get through this, Yo, and I'm going to have to bring him back, but you're you selfish. Tell Shut Charlie up! To... Whoa. I'm tired of you. Now leave me alone. And Kellen walks off. Sir Vance, he seems really mad. He does. He's also the one who sent Charlie to do that. Charlie didn't have to do that. I was I was thinking the same thing. I'm pretty actually. sure that he uh he he <laughs> wasn't in, influenced by my spell at all. Uh, he, he, just a little emotional. You cast a spell? spell? You said that? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Did he say that? I mean, I'm close. No, to you that. left. That's out loud. You left. That's out loud. I waited I for him to leave. leave. No, you're he gone. Nope. No. He left. No, look, <laughs> Jeremy, you did not say I wait for Kellen to leave, and then I say. Oh well. Kellen turns around and says, "You what? I cast a spell. What did you just say? You want me you... to cast a spell for you again? What spell? What spell did you cast? Lord just looks at Sir Vance and looks at Kellen. Looks what at did Sir you Vance, cast, at Kellen. Lorik? So about finding your grandfather. You're never getting to him. You're a dirtbag, and I'm not showing you my grandfather. I'm tired of this. I can't believe you would use magic against me. I thought you were my friend. No, I didn't use magic against you. You just said you cast a spell on me. No, I didn't. Leave me alone, Lorik. Get out of my face. Oh, boy. Jim stops and says, guys, did you see that thing? <laughs> I did. It was, it was kind of amazing. But uh, Kellen's really angry. <clears throat> yes. Um, that's that's not good. Uh, I tried talking to him once and it didn't work, so I'm not going to do that again. Yeah, me too. Uh, Sir Vance? Yes? I think this is where we leave Kellen. Leave Kellen? Yeah. He's our god. We're in the canopy. Yeah, we also have to find his grandfather. He just said that we can't see him. We're going to have to see him. I mean, if we rest, I can use suggestion. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So we could follow Kellen. Lorik needs to learn a lesson. Is, I mean, is there like, any way that I can, like, send a... Uh, oh, can I learn something that gives me sending, and I'll just talk to Glaren and make sure this the, the uh, everything's still on with the vision and all? <laughs> <laughs> still still Lorik. Make sure it's still Lorik. Okay, Is look. It still Lorik. <laughs> look, look, look. Okay, let's let's take a moment here. Let's take a sec. Uh-huh. All right. Lorik is a robot. Okay, he's basically Abed. Yeah, he's a robot. But here's he the has thing: Sheldon, Sheldon issues. If a person, any person that uses mind altering or spells that take free will away from someone. 
needs to understand that at some point those spells are going to backfire. Like most spells, like we like this one originally, we would have thought that it would be like, oh, once you use it, they know you've used but it. But it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. But you have used it multiple times. And you said, I cast a spell. You did that. You've also set a precedent in the past that whenever you cast magic, your eyes glow blue. So he would have seen that. But I mainly out of mercy, just sitting here going, I'm, I don't want to push the issue. When you tried to use it before, I was like, eh, it, you know, I'm going to let it slide. Especially because Kellen was drunk. Oh, yeah. But sure. now he's not. I feel like this is the sort of thing that needs to come out in character. Yeah. This is... Well, I mean... I- don't you think? I, I agree with you, but I just told you what Lorg would do in the situation if he thinks that Kellen's no longer the route to get to the Archdruid. I should also mention to you as well that Elamir told you that he was the key to getting the help from his grandfather. That basically, you take her son in there, he'll hear you out for his sake. Does he have to be That's alive? That's what I was just trying to explain. <laughs> <laughs> Almost I'm certainly. Kidding. No, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so... Um, you know, this is fine. Sometimes, Can it be a sometimes situation. <laughs> probably not. Sometimes things in character get heated in character, and that's good role play. Yeah, but you know, we need well, to. Lorik didn't even know how to react to that. Oh, I understand. Lorik doesn't know. Lorik doesn't know how to react to anything. Lorik is sad. Reacts only. He's a little bit broken. A little, wouldn't you say? <laughs> he needs to be mended with love. I don't think the word "a little" applies. He's not the same kind of broken as Kellen. Kellen's no, it's like a, it's a different way. Weepy. He's not weepy. He doesn't understand life. Lorik has serious problems. <laughs> so we're gonna pick it up again. Kellen has stormed off. Is Lorik mad at Kellen? How? What is Lorik? Uh, surveillance. Yes. You think that we should try to go to the Archdruid alone? No. Did you not listen to? I know. What she said, but I don't think I'm going to be able to get him to come with me unless I, like, use suggestion. Or you could, if I could suggest you to do anything right now, <laughs> there's a lot of things I would suggest, but. <laughs> what, what, what do you think? How do. What you need to do. Yeah. Is go and apologize. He's still a little angry. Lorik, did you really cast a spell to try and, like, make him do something? Well, it's it's a suggestion. Right, like like the spell you used on that ninja lizard bat guy? Yep. Yeah, the thing, that, the, that, the that's thing the you one. would use on an enemy? Yeah, well, I mean... Lorik, uh, man, you, listen, it, you can't... But Charlie can come back. Sure. So what you do in that situation is you say, Kellen, listen, man, I know this is hard, but maybe Charlie can buy us some time. I mean, because well, I mean, I was gonna buy us some time if if he wouldn't do it, but we made it. Yeah, we made it because of Charlie's sacrifice, and that's all great. But that's not the point. The point is, you can't you can't just reach into the mind of your friends and make them do what you want them to do or be what you want them to be. That's not that's not being a friend. It's manipulation. Yeah, you remember when we were talking about evil. Yeah, that's straight up evil. But I'm not evil. I was trying to save us. I get it. Look, 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 I get it. But the ends don't always justify the means, Lark. Look, we can talk about all this later or not, but we have to work it out with Kellen or we're never going to get there. But what am I supposed to do grandpa. if I go tell him I'm sorry and, and 
in that. I think we all need to talk or, to him. Or even even try to explain it to him. He's just going to. He's, he's not going to listen to you. You're right. I mean, he's probably just going to shoot me in the face with his bow. We'll disarm him first. <laughs> so one second really quick. Um, yeah. I just want to point out, is Guy really a commoner? Like, seriously? Is he yeah. is he a commoner? Because he's got wisdom. He's got. I mean, seriously, what is? I mean, this? I think he's got good parents. I think he's, he's Paylor. Guy is a god. <laughs> guy, guy is seriously a god. Um, guys had just had good parents, man. Mrs. Clark is like salt of the earth. Yeah, so bro. he's she raised. He's me. got good wisdom. I would know. I want to meet Mrs. Clark. This is awesome. You're not gonna get to meet her. Oh, unless you make it up with us. I don't. Guy, True. I, how? What, <laughs> what? What would you do, guy? You want to know what I would do? Yeah. He looks at Servants. Lorik looks at Servants. I would say, Servants, maybe you should talk to him. <laughs> That's what you would do? He respects you. Yes, he respects you. Sir, Servants? You... I think we all respect you, if we're being honest. Vance. That's true. You better. you better all respect me. <laughs> and now we all respect you a little less, but <laughs> still. Look, I think that now is one of those times when you need to maybe try and, and fix this in the best way you can. Or we have to at least, Kellen has to at least get us to the Grove. If he doesn't want to keep going with us, I'll be honest. I kind of don't blame him. Yeah. Yeah, but then all the Fallen Grove will die and he'll die too. And then we'll all die anyway, so. Well, he's. I'm saying if he gets us to the Grove mm -hmm. and he doesn't want to go from there, then that he didn't agree to. He There's no reason he has to. There's no reason that Jim has to if he doesn't want to. But I would like to. Well, that's great, Jim. But the three of us were, we were sent. We've got to go. And if he's our way of getting there, then we've got to make it up. Plus, he is our, well, he's our friend. Yeah. Are you really going to let this end like this? I mean, I don't want it to. I really like Kellen. Well, let's go talk to him. And God just takes off jogging toward Kellen. Kellen! Yeah, I'm going to. Lorik's behind surveillance. I kind of do another look behind me mm -hmm. and then follow along. <laughs> well, you look back, and right as you go to turn, something kind of catches the corner of your eye on the ground over by the force field. What is it? You go over and inspect it. I go over and inspect it. I say, hang on, guys. I mean, this is important. But They're gone. I just mumble. Okay, so by yourself, you, you walk over there, and you notice right next to the, right next to the ground, kind of where this membrane meets the floor of the forest, you see... There's like some leaves there, and there's a little bit of that goop on the ground. Oh, I taste it. Oh, God. You die. It almost seems like it was bubbling, like it came from the ground, like it maybe went under. I uh, throw some dirt on it. <laughs> okay. You throw some dirt on it? No, I take a stick or something like that and try to poke it, see what happens. Okay. You poke it, and it seems to reach toward it a little bit. It reaches toward the poke? Is this yeah. venom? It's venom. Uh, so do I have any bottles on me? Oh, do you? Probably. What kind of pack do you have? I have a bottles pack. <laughs> <laughs> I have a scholar's pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then you've got like inkwells and stuff, probably. Yeah, so yeah. I pour out an inkwell and try to scoop some up. Okay, you dump out some black ink and you try to work it into the inkwell with a stick. Yep. Does that get all of it or is there more? You're able to get all that you can see. There's not very much. Maybe okay. a tablespoon of it. So I, I kind of take my toe and my, oh my, my. boot and kind of scrape the ground to see if there's any more under the dirt, like if it's coming out of the ground. It doesn't look like it. It looks like this is it. Okay, so I cork that bottle. Okay. 
And then I take that bottle cork and I say, I like inspect it to see, I look at it very closely to see if it looks like it's messing with the bottle in any way to see if it's coming through the cork, if it's eating It seems contained. Okay. I try to inspect it magically with my magic eyes. Okay. See if there's anything I notice emanating from it. Look with your special eyes. Magic. There is magic emanating from it. My brand. My favorite brand. I taste it. Do you know detect magic or anything? Uh, I don't know anything, in fact. Okay. Okay. Wow. You could roll an arcana check, but I mean, the best it's going to give you is it's definitely some sort of magic, and you feel it out, and you don't sense a consciousness coming from it necessarily, but you can definitely tell that this came from that creature, whatever it was. Yeah. Okay. So I pocket it. Okay. Do you then go to catch up with everyone else? I go to catch up with everyone else. Okay. While Jim is over there doing that, you all are running toward Kellen. And Kellen, you hear Guy coming up from behind you. Kellen, hey, man, wait up. Guy, just, no, leave me alone, please. Look, look, Kellen, no, look, I didn't do anything to you, Kellen. I've I've been on your side from the beginning. No, I understand. I just. You just what, man? I need some time, okay? No, you don't. You've had time. We gave you time last time. We've been traveling together long enough now. You've got to understand a couple of things. And he's trying to get this out before Lorik and Surveillance catch up to him. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. Look, something's... Lorik is not... He doesn't see things the way that we see them. And I'm not trying to excuse what he did, because apparently he did something very heinous. But seriously, Kellen, Lorik's not like us. He doesn't see through the same lens that we see through. And that doesn't excuse what he does, but... Here's what I need you to do, because we're friends, right? Yes, guy. Yes, we are. We have to reach the Grove. I don't care if you and Lorik never speak to each other again when it's over. And, I, and even if, you, if you're if you done, look, you get us to the Grove and you turn around, you walk away, and you, you wash your hands of us. That Fine. But if they're right, and if the High Cleric Glaron, Paylor's own High Cleric, is right, then if we don't save this tree and we don't save the stone, then the entire world could be at stake. So please, just hear him out. I'm not saying you got to forgive him, but please, you, you can't, don't, you can't turn us away. Helen turns around and looks at Guy and goes, I'll do it. I'll do it just for you, Guy, and just for everyone else, because y'all are my friends. But I swear... If I ever realize that he casts another spell on me or causes harm to anyone, I will kill Lorik with my bare hands. <laughs> I look over at Lorik and say, better be bare careful then. Hands. Don't make sure he doesn't find out. <laughs> at this moment, <laughs> you guys uh, <laughs> can see that Vance and Lorik are making their way towards you. As we're making our way towards him, I look at Lorik and I say, grovel. Oh, boy. Oh, gosh. I'm casting command. Oh, (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. And I want him to fall down at Kellen's feet. Make us a wisdom saving throw, Lorik. Oh, it's not good. That's a three. No, a six altogether. (laughs) You fail. Oh, boy. So, Kellen turns back and he sees Servance and Lorik approaching, and Servance looks up and, and, and sees them standing there, and he cuts his eyes over toward Lorik, and he says... Lorik, grovel. And Lorik takes off running to Kellen, drops down on his feet and goes, 
Kellen, please don't kill me. I'm so sorry. I, 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 there's no excuse. You should just you should what? just stand on my throat right now. But oh. please, please don't kill me. I'm so okay. sorry. I'll walk up and then uh, tell me. Please. Shut your mouth, Lorik. Please don't kill me. I'm. I don't know what to do. I, I, I just trying to save our lives, and I don't have. The, it's not an excuse. I, How I'm does so it sorry. feel to be humiliated what? by having a spell cast on you? Is the spell over yet? Yeah, as you're saying that, how does it feel thing, you feel the effects of the spell fade? I was I was just trying to, to save us. And he looks at Surveyance like a little bit of afraid. How does it feel? Uh, Helen? Jim, you walk up during this whole scene. Hey, guys. Helen, I'm... I'm he doesn't have to command me. I'm. I really am sorry. It still doesn't make up for what you did. I'm, I. But wasn't. I don't think that it would. Don't say another word, Loric. Don't say another word. I'll get you to your tree. I'll get you to the rock, or whatever you need. But honestly, I think once I get you to the grove, I'm gone. And he turns around. And he walks off. Jim walks up. What'd I miss? Hey, guys. <laughs> you missed a lot. Is is Kellen out of earshot yet? <laughs> sure. Come on, Paul. You got to confirm it before I say anything. Kellen. <laughs> After Kellen is well out of hearing, Laura's going to spring up, look at Samantha, and goes, wow, that, w- that was a great idea. It really worked. I'm going to leg sweep him. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And put him back on the ground. Oh All right, make me an attack roll. Is there any ad- addition to this? Yeah. Uh, what'd you roll? An eight. Okay. I mean, add like your strength and I'll say you're proficient with a leg. I don't know. Plus six to hit. So that's a 14. That hits his AC, right? I think so. Yeah, his AC is like a 13. You're good. His AC is like garbage. You sweep the leg. Sweep the oh. leg. S- push S- him S- by the back of the neck mm-hmm. to the ground. Surveillance. Okay. Lorik. This isn't about good ideas. This. this is about sincerity, respect, and decency. None of what you said must have been sincere. The first thing that you said when you popped up was, that was a great idea. Well, I, see, you... I, is there any good left in you? What has happened? The good is saving the tree. Uh, that's not all that is good. No, it's it's not, but you you did the same thing I did. You you I cast a spell to keep us alive. Or tried to cast a spell to keep us alive. I don't think it worked. And then, and then, well, maybe it did. But then you cast a spell to get Kellen take us to the tree, right? No. What are you talking then about? You cast that spell because you wanted me to know experience it. what you did to him. My dad casts spells on me all the time. Your dad is a psychopath. Man, what what is happening to this show? What is <laughs> this is man? God, hell. on the next episode of Riverdale. <laughs> some real messed up folk. I wish I knew some Doctor Phil lines. I know, right? Jeez, man. Okay. I I guess I see what you're saying. I was just. Kind of used to it. Well, that's not how the rest of the world works. People have emotions. People have feelings. You can't just go around forcing them to do things and using them and manipulating them. Do you have any emotions in you? 
he doesn't answer. He just kind of looks down. Hopefully you've learned from this experience and you grow to appreciate your friends for who they are. And then I walk away mm. towards Kellum. I walk up to Lorik and I say, listen, I don't have feelings either. All of my empathy went away whenever I got <laughs> my patron. But I know how to fake it. I can teach you. Well, Lord glances. <laughs> Lord glances at him. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Humor is an important part of it. <laughs> and I roll a deception check. Okay, let me let me have it. What is oh it? my god! It's a. Uh, <laughs> I'm really bad at things. Oh, nineteen. Oh You're, my god! He gosh. believes you. He believes you. <laughs> I believe that he was faking, or I believe that he told me the truth. Whatever he wants, I guess. <laughs> you believe that it was a joke. Yeah, it was a joke. He covered it with humor at the end. Okay. that That's funny, Jim, but I, I definitely do have emotions. I understand. So do I. I also understand not fitting in. In certain situations, I mean, I am... do you understand not fitting in in most situations? Yes. Well, I used to, and I still have that experience filed away in the back of my head. Do did we just become best friends? Um, oh, I don't know <laughs> how the how the dynamic has shifted. I don't know. I've I've never <laughs> had a best friend. You met the best friends with the devil. Wait, are is, you calling Jim or Lork the Jim. devil? Jim. Jim is the, the devil. <laughs> I'm not the devil. <laughs> no. So far, Jim has done the least evil things. <laughs> That's true. Out of the two of <laughs> That's them. That's very true. <laughs> so, as you all are picking yourselves up, Vance, you and Guy go off after Kellen. Kellen, you have entered into the valley, officially, of the canopy. So the, the land leads downward, like I said, at a downward incline until you reach the bottom of this enormous bowl in the forest. It's a gigantic valley in essentially the center of the middle. It's the focal point of all in Fallen Grove. And the trees go around it in a sort of tight circle, creating the perimeter. So as you go in, it's open, like a meadow. Yeah. With trees, huge trees. I mean, I don't know how many, we'll say between, some of them even between 50 and 100 feet wide. Goodness. Wow. I mean, huge trees just placed, it seems, sporadically through the valley. But you having been here before, you know that they're actually placed very strategically. Okay. Yeah. Now, these trees that create the perimeter are, you know, pretty normal and standard. But throughout, there are all these gigantic trees. And then there's one in the center of this valley that is even larger than the rest it's immeasurably huge this trunk of this tree sprouting up and there in this haphazard pattern through the valley high above you the untrained eye might simply believe there was nothing but treetops but you know that this is the canopy oh a great distance above the leaves and the limbs have been grown together in a sort of magnificent fashion to create a floor high above the ground itself wow now, Jim, you and Lorik, as you're talking, and I assume after a few moments you'll kind of walk down and try to catch up with the rest of the group. Nah, I hang out. He's my best friend now, apparently. Okay, so you two are just like sitting nah, on the floor nah. doing the go. hand clapping games. Patty cake, patty cake. Baker's man. Yeah, okay. now I go out. Kellen, I need you to roll me a perception check. 
Gotcha. That is a 16 on the dice. Cool. You're good. So looking around, you've been here before. You know what to do. Last time you came here, there were people around, and they showed you what to do, but you know from your mom different things. You're looking for something, looking for something. You're looking around, and you spot over beside one of the trees, kind of poking its head around. You see this little red fox. Oh, no. Is that Frederick? No, I thought Frederick. No, no, no. no. Oh, no, it's no. A... Frederick's at my house. Now, you, no, may my... Ru- you may run up thinking it could be Frederick, but Frederick. It's, it's a it's a young, healthy-looking red fox. Oh, this is a regular fox. And as you're approaching, it's kind of darting around the valley, going from tree to tree, just close enough for you to spot him. I can speak with small animals. I am a forest gnome. Excuse me. Excuse me, little fox. You're doing like a speak with small animals deal? Yeah. How does that work? Um, I think it's just a racial trait for forest gnomes. It is, it is. But I'm just wondering, like, through sounds and gestures, you can communicate simple ideas with smaller, <laughs> Excuse smaller me. Beasts. Oh, okay. I can't, I can't just, <laughs> I can't. Yeah, it's not like, it's not like it is when it's like speak with animals. It's, it's more of a communication sort of deal. Do you want me? What? pop, 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 pop. Okay, you start doing what does the fox say? What does the fox say? (laughs) And the fox stops, it looks at you, and you you start to basically signal it that you mean it no harm. The fox comes up to you, and it it stops and sits back on its back feet and looks up at you. I sit down cross-legged right at it and say right at it. And what do you say? I say, I need to get to the canopy, please, in gestures and... I point I point at the top and say Okay. And I point to me and you know, everybody and, mm-hmm. and I'm like canopy and then I don't know if in those sound language, but I do like the please in the sign language. Yes. And then I'll offer it a treat from my bag. Okay. It sits there and it's sort of nods its head and it's listening very attentively and then you give it a little treat. And when you do it it paws at it and gobbles up the little treat and then gets up looks you dead in the eyes for about two seconds, and then turns around and darts toward a tree and runs up it. All right. Wait, a fox? Yes. No, I follow right after it, and I say, come on, guys, let's go. It gets up most of the way, not most of the way up the tree, about halfway up the tree. It scampers around a knot, and it's weird. It's honestly moving kind of like a squirrel. And as you're watching it, it actually, it is a squirrel. What? What? Hmm. I'm confused. It's not either. Does Jim see any of this? It's got the squirrelish-like tail, hands and feet, but as it turns and looks down at you, it's got a red fox head. Whoa. Oh. So this is a druid. It takes its yep. tail, and it knocks on these knots on the tree in a hard-to-follow sequence. And as it does, you all hear this vibration go through the entirety of the the dome-like force-filled. Dimodome. Doug And as that happens, between that tree that the fox squirrel is on and a tree next to it, you hear a sort of sound like something coming down through leaves. Uh-oh. And then up above you, you look, and there is this platform that is descending between these two trees. And it is slowly oscillating as it comes downward. It's a spherical, maybe a little more of an oval platform. And standing on each side are two... People. Oh. One is an elf, and the other is a gnome. The elf has long hair coming down the back, but its hair is like shade on the sides, and it's tied back. It's wearing these green robes, and it's moving its hands in a sort of sequence. The gnome is sitting on the opposite side, and it actually has a spiky mohawk going right down the middle, dressed in similar green robes and doing this same sort of 
uh, somatic sequence with its hands as this platform moves down. Is this a the, punk rock band? The, yeah, exactly. The squirrel fox goes, hops <laughs> over onto the platform. They're called squirrel fox. And then changes into... There's a smoke machine. It changes... The canopy is just one giant rave. It changes... I uh, can so. I please do this? No. It changes <laughs> no. out of... <laughs> no more. As the squirrel fox gets over onto the platform with the two other people, it changes out of its animal form into a bright red-headed dwarven lady. Hello. Say what? She places her hands on her hips. She's got her hair kind of pulled back into a sort of ponytail. And she says, Oh, hello, friends, and welcome. Welcome to the canopy. Uh, yeah, you were a fox. Oh, you, you must be a druid. Uh, hello. Um, I'm, I'm Lorik. Lorik Darkbolt? Nice to meet you, Lorik. And, uh, she turns to Kellen. Hello. I'm Kellen. Thank you for that treat. It was delicious. You're welcome. So I believe you all need into the canopy, correct? Yes, please. I'm here to see my grandfather. Your grandfather? Um, uh, he lives in the canopy, I suppose. Yep. My name is Kellen Dimble. Dimble. Yep. Wait. Like Elamir Dimble? Yeah. That's my mom. Oh. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, please forgive me. I'm sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. No. Uh, she formal. turns please, to all of you now, and please. they all are. Kind of, they're both. Both no. of the other two, the gnome and the elf, are kind of looking at each other. Like, um, sorry. Usually we're a lot more hospitable no, than this. No, 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 no. You, you may or may not have noticed there's been some some strange things going on in the forest around us lately. Some creatures trying yeah, to get into a, the canopy okay. and causing trouble. And yeah, that's our fault. The... Oh, I, no, it's, up, it's not. I'm sorry. Even oh, I know you should shut up. Look, if, if you'd like to come with me, we'll we'll, we'll take you up. We, we had to close out the normal passageways up to the canopy, but we'll lead you up now if you'd like to yeah, join us on that. this platform. Yeah, that would be so nice. And Kellen walks over to the platform and stands there. Me too. Are y'all coming or not? Guy as well. Lorik joins and kind of takes a couple looks at the wild elves. Stays close to surveillance. I pursue. So tell me, um, what's your name again? Oh, my name. Yes. Oh, the DM didn't give me a name, so give me a second here. Let me think. That's the reason I asked. Triga. Of course you did. Huh? <laughs> Triga. It's Triga. It's not. It's actually Triga. Turns out. No. Uh, what dwarf women names? Right. Like what's a Hel- good Olga. dwarf woman name? Olga. I thought she was Olga's, an elf. I like Olga. Gertrude. Olga. No, the elf. No, she was a dwarf. I said that right. I thought. Yes. Oh, I'm confused did. about things. There's an elf, a man, and a dwarf doing in Rohan. My name is Olga. It uh, at your service. <laughs> so I'm kind of new to this druid thing. Usually, I like I'm just a ranger. So how did you make your face a fox, but also your body a squirrel? That's that's. As you're cool. saying this, the the dwarf, or I'm sorry, the elf on the one side and gnome on the other start doing the motions and moving the platform up toward the canopy. Oh my way, way, Oh my way, way, Okay, so. As you guys are ascending, you ask the dwarven, you ask Olga that. She says, oh, uh, well, that's actually a trick that it took me quite a few years to master. Oh. Uh, you say you're pretty new to the druidic ways, correct? Yeah. I just found out. My mom told me when I last visited her. So. Uh, well, I'm sure it'll come to you in due time, she says, as you all are ascending up between these trees and the valley is disappearing beneath you. And you come up through a lot of leaves and greenery, you know, just like a normal tree. But then you reach a place where you can see up above you, there is a sort of floor built. And as you all go up between it, you find yourself 
in a place that looks completely different from anything that you've seen since entering Fallen Grove. Whoa. It's very different. You are next to a gigantic oak tree that's coming up out of the canopy. It's the same one that you all have, that the squirrel fox lady climbed on. And you all go from a quiet, quaint forest into a city. (gasps) Wow. I mean, you hear people. Suddenly, your ears are, are ringing with the sound of people everywhere. There's music playing off in the distance. There are streets with people passing by them. You see a man set up over on the side with a cart selling food. And your first thought is, how is this right here, and how did we not hear it from down there? How did we just end up in the air? That's crazy. My friends, welcome to the canopy. And Lork, welcome to the canopy. Jim is an all. This is amazing, Kellen. Yeah, Lord it's pretty cool, ain't it? pushes Kellen off the platform. And I think that's actually where we're going to end this week's episode. You were the chosen one, Anakin. So thank you for listening to Make Believe Heroes. Don't try. I have the higher ground. <laughs> we hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, you know what you should do? Give us a holler on Twitter. Give us a retweet. Holler. Let us know that you like the show. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That definitely helps us out. Tell us how much you, you hate Lork. <laughs> yes. Please, Please do. If you have any questions, you can send those to our email at makebelieveheroespodcast at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter at mbhpodcast and talk to us on there. We love interacting with our fans. Yeah. If you've enjoyed some of the music and sound effects you've heard today, you should check those out on battlebards.com. They can really add a whole other layer to your gaming at the table. We think you'd really like what you find over there. So... I guess that does it for this week. We love you. Thank you for listening. We love you. We'll see you next week. Hello. Nani? Arigato! Omae wa mo shundairu. Arigato gozaimasu! Kawaii! Neko ga suki desu. I just said I like cats in Japanese. Okay, okay. <laughs> so we're all good. We're all good.